Hello, my name is Emily. Hello, my name is Finn. Right now you're listening to Top, Top Shelf Fantasy. <laughs> Top Shelf Fantasy. Corey Dows. <laughs> well, it took, uh, it took all two minutes, but I'm a better quarterback <laughs> than Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and as, that, as, as he, he makes an incomplete pass to an uh, offensive line. To his own, own team. <laughs> friggin' idiot. Oh. Craig Penny. Listen, everyone. For whatever reason, this player has absolutely come out of nowhere. The wide receiver six on the season in points per game and on full points is DJ Sharp. Scott Mills. Here you go. You don't pick McCaffrey. You're doing the wrong job. Tom Penny. Uh, he's going to have 2,000 yards. On he's going to be the next CJ2K. <laughs> I was yelling because we were doing a Power Hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I go. He's coming out of nowhere. I've gone through the uh, Power Hour podcast to get clips out of there, and it is. It's a nightmare. Like cause it's we're so all loud, it's so fast paced. Yeah, <laughs> I only have one minute to, to talk with this guy. I can't wait to do another Power Hour where we actually use our new setup with the headphones and stuff. Oh, and it's oh, not it's just so uh, it's not screaming just a over the microphone, screaming into us. Um, yeah, I thought that I thought that was a good one. Uh, Top Shell Fantasy Podcast eighty special oh, intro yeah. from the kids. Oh yeah, my kids. My kids jumped on. I tried to get them to make fun of Adam Gaze, but they didn't want to say any "quote unquote" bad words. But in the in the conversation of Adam Gaze, there are no bad words. No, so everything is acceptable. Everything's on the table. But your kids are too nice. <laughs> yeah, damn kids. What's the uh, CJ2K reference for again? I have no idea. Literally no idea. <laughs> I was going through podcasts and I heard that and I said, "That's gold." So I cut so you that out. Um, so you uh, Yeah. So uh, man, I'll go back and maybe figure it out. Um, Miles Sanders. So you Um All right. We're talking about breakers, uh, bre- bre- breakouts, and sleepers uh, today. Uh, Top Shelf Fantasy on uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Top Shelf FNTSY. Top Shelf Fantasy dot com. Uh, podcast 80, August, uh, there's no date here. 19th. Uh, 19th, thank you very much. Uh, 2020, it's August 2020. Um, Scotty. News. Every time. Not news, but. Every time. It's not news. One week left for the listeners to join the website because it's a free entry into our Top Shelf Listener League. A chance to win a signed Kenny Galladay jersey. And Dow's. What what more? What swag? You're going to get some t-shirts with some top shelf logos, some branding. We're going to do pint glasses, I believe. Uh, we'll get some stickers for you with all top shelf branding logos on them. And also, probably one of the one of the hidden gems here is the CMP products koozies. I mean, we're in the, the, the dead of summer right now. Some hot days back to back to back. Your drinks are sweating. You need those koozies, baby. And some good grips. Yeah. Uh, I, think I, I think that's everything. Yeah. I, I mean, think I think that's enough to... To join a oh, free I mean, league, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got a few hundred dollars worth of merch right there, right off the right off the rip. Plus, you get to play in a league with us. I mean, that's priceless. Oh yeah, you gotta <laughs> love that. I'll hound you for Lev Bell. Oh, the yeah. entire season and bragging <laughs> and bragging rights. Really, if you know, that's what you're looking for. That's what fantasy football is: is bragging rights over your friends and 
enemies for that matter. And winning a Kenny Galladay signed jersey for yeah. free. That's also pretty cool. For free. <laughs> um, we'll pay right. the shipping, too. You know? We're nice guys. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Times are tough. Um, all right. So... Uh, <laughs> We're gonna talk about some injuries, which just is—it's just—I—I I wonder if these are magnified, honestly, because there's no preseason and there's no beat report. report uh, somebody speak for me, please. Beat report. Beat report. Beat writers. Yeah, I didn't know where you're going. Reporting on the preseason <laughs> writing football. of football. So all of these things are happening at training camp. Um, Alex Smith comes off the pop list. Uh, which is notable because I don't know how long Dwayne Haskins' leash is. Um, and then you have T. Higgins, who's dealing with a hamstring. Craig said he was back at practice today. A.J. Green with a sore hamstring. It's nothing new there. Uh, Chubb's in the concussion protocol. Wh- what is? Which did is- they change the concussion protocol for 2020? No. Or is it still the same I thing? I think like it's they the got to go through a handful yeah. of tests. Handful of tests, that. neurological tests, independent uh neurological consultant or whatever he is which is big news though nick chubb that's probably going towards the top of your drafts top you know six seven picks or top six seven running backs i should say and kareem hunt's there looming threat if he comes not that not that even if chubb misses time and hunt comes in and does well that chubb's gonna lose his job outright but it could be a lot closer to 50 50 than people are thinking so hopefully he gets back on the field before the season starts says the kareem hunt owner yeah Um, and they say kareem (laughs) hunt is looking like the 2017 Kareem Hunt. Oh shit! Is he, has he been uh, yeah, in hotels oh, recently? I've also <laughs> that's I've not al- good. I've also heard the defensive players saying Nick Chubb is is pl- is playing like the best running back in the league. So a lot of hype coming out of the, the oh, Browns. You don't have you don't have any preseason games to go have any hype from there. So you need your own teammates to hype you up. Like oh my god, he's unstoppable. He's so the good. second team. Running back is destroyed the second team defense. Yeah, but if you if you notice, none of them are hyping up Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I forgot he's still well, on the Dallas team. Well, can throw better than him, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've never said anything more true on the podcast other than Aaron Rodgers is a bum, but Baker Mayfield stinks. <laughs> um, all right, Jalen Hurd uh, feared to have torn his ACL. It, that's an issue for uh, San Francisco. Uh, and then a uh, bigger issue is Miles Sanders has a lower body injury. What it is, we don't know. Oh, just don't don't pass body. it off like it's just some other news. No, Miles Sanders is week to week. You're, you're a Miles Sanders well, owner, that's, aren't that's you? That's why I want to get into the breakouts because Miles Sanders is one of my breakouts. This is, yeah, uh, well, this is an issue. Week, week to also, week with a lower body injury is not a, a good uh, uh, diagnosis for us to be talking about because we, they can say that in, tr- in training camp week to week. But what's lower body like? Is that like chest down, waist down, knee down, foot down? You know, no. In in between it's the prob- calf. It's probably like hammy, knee, foot. Well, when it's week to week, it's ankle. something more. Yeah, I mean, right. which we, sucks. We still have about a month yeah. before yeah, that. The, the, so we'll keep it updated. I mean, but I'm not freaking out right now. I mean, lower body injury just reminds me of like an NHL injury report where it's always That's like do. super duper serious. And it's like lower body. He's, like right now, Alexander Sveshnikov is out with a, a lower body injury. He has a torn ACL. Like, yeah, <laughs> <He's done. laughs> so if it's anything akin to that, I'm worried, but I don't think it is. I mean, for a guy like Sanders, if he did tear his ACL, he'd be locked up. We'd all know about it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like he's ready for week one. Yeah. The team. But I just want to get back to Alex Smith real quick. Amazing. This yeah. guy almost had his leg amputated. The, the fact that he's in pads in practice is outstanding. The thing that concerns me is if you saw, um, I think he did, recently did a commercial or, or some sort of promotional in, uh, thing with his family, and 
he looks skinny, like skinny, skinny. So I don't know if he's really even – he's off the pup list, great. I don't know if he's near football shape. So Yeah, the camera takes well, he's, off. He's, <laughs> like he's cleared pounds. to practice, and, and, yeah. and he looks so skinny because he's never going to show his leg again. He has one of those black wraps on the leg. Yeah, so you saw the exact <laughs> thing I'm talking about. They had the black wrap down the whole he thing. He doesn't want to show his leg to his anyone. His leg's so wet and right I would, now. I wouldn't want to. No, no, no. The thing looks mangled. It's, it, it doesn't look real. It looks like it's a fake yeah. leg. You're probably scared. Even even through the black uh, uh, leg thing, you can see the bulge where his shin should be, <laughs> and it's not actually there. So for him but to even be thinking of getting him. back on a football field is impressive. And I mean, I wish him the best of luck. I've been, I've been a huge Alex Smith fan since San Francisco days. So you know, best of luck to the guy. I mean, and so I don't want to keep harping on it, but like Washington's had every chance to cut him too. And they haven't. Like, they've Every kept them on the chance. roster. So, it should be interesting. Um, all right, let's get into breakouts. Breakouts. That was it's not bad. That was perfect. <laughs> that was awesome. We'll cut that for next year, too. <laughs> uh, all right, Scotty, you wanna, we'll just go down down the list, taking turns, alternating. We each took two guys we think are going to break out this year. And uh, Scotty and I have the same one, so maybe we'll talk at the same time. But. Yeah, we'll come when it comes, but my first breakout of the year is Marquise Brown, wide receiver, Baltimore Ravens. He enters his sophomore season with uh, Lamar Jackson. Last year, you know, he, he was coming off a a foot surgery and he was kind of hurt all season too. So his snap count was very low. I think his first week of snap count was eighteen percent, and he had two touchdowns and over a hundred yards. It came off of three big plays, but still, he he's a big play guy. He's supposedly fully. Healthy now. We'll see in two weeks. I know training camps here, but um, he's a guy. I don't think he's going to finish wide receiver one, so he's not that kind of breakout. But when he's going in the wide receiver thirties, I think he has the ability to finish as a wide receiver two. Now, this isn't a guy that's going to give you wide receiver two numbers each week. He's more of a Deshaun Jackson, Stephon Diggs s kind of player that is going to have those breakout games, but he is going to have those dud games and you need to be aware of that. So I think he's a guy you can get as your wide receiver three, but make sure you're drafting safer guys before that, like a, a Jarvis Landry as your wide receiver two, a consistent guy. Tom will, will agree with me. You don't want to draft a Mike Evans, a Stephon Diggs, and then your third guys, a Marquise Brown. The, right. They're going to put up stats, but it's going to be very, you know, hit or miss. Um, but, I mean, my biggest thing is, is he's healthy now. He was a first-round pick last year when he was hurt in college, and they still took him. Everything in camp is this guy's healthy. He's destroying the defenses, and the coach has talked him up all offseason. Lamar and him have been, you know, breaking the rules with COVID and still practicing together since March. And, I mean, he's been with his cousin Antonio Brown too. So, I mean, as a person – bad guy as NFL player to train with probably one of the best um, one of the greatest ever the catch receivers I've seen in a long time so if he can take a little bit from his cousin through the offseason fully healthy I think he is capable of finishing as a wide receiver too um, and that's mainly why I think he's a breakout he has to stay healthy and that's the that's the of course biggest thing but, yes um, yeah that's kind of all I have I on very him. much agree What's interesting about him is, like you said, he's kind of volatile, but he's going to win you weeks. Like, this, there'll be weeks where he's a top 10 wide receiver weeks. Do you know what I mean? So, weeks he's a top 40. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, all right, Dows. Yeah. Bring us through your uh, your first breakout. Yeah, my first breakout, also a wide receiver, a uh, little bit bigger, but just as fast, DK Metcalf. Um, he finished wide receiver 32 last year. Obviously, he's looking to improve on that like every single guy in the NFL is, but I really think he's positioned to do it effectively. So wide receiver 32 puts him at a back-end wide receiver three, and I think he could really be making a leap into like a wide receiver one a real, or a really, really early wide receiver two territory. So I'm thinking like a 20 to 22, 23 finish. Um Wait, no, that math is way off. Um, like a 13, sorry, wide receiver like 13 to um, 15, 16 finish is what I meant. So he's still got Russell Wilson. He's still got most of the same offense um, returning Tyler Lockett and all these other guys. They added Philip Dorsett, which I don't think is a huge impact on his value. But he still had 100 targets last year, 58 catches, 900 yards, and 7 TDs. I don't see how any of these numbers are going to go down. There's nobody else there that's a game changer in their offense. It's really going to be just building on what you have. And what you have is a freak, tall, big, powerful, strong, fast wide receiver who has now improved his route running year over year. He's added a lot of new uh, branches to his route tree. And again, with Russell Wilson coaching him up throughout the whole season, I mean, throughout the whole off season, rather, there's no way he's going to be worse. The only thing that you could usually say about a sophomore wide receiver is that he's going to have more coverage directed his way. But he still has, you still have to cover Tyler Lockett, even Philip Dorsett, whoever they have starting at tight end, whether it's Greg Olson, Will Disley, or somebody else. You have to account for Russell Wilson out of the backfield and a running game that's, you know, maybe not top tier, but still existent. So there's not a lot defenses can do to stop the guy. And if he's just making himself better, there's no reason he can't get into that wide receiver one slash early wide receiver two territory. Yeah, I was actually almost going to make DK one of mine as well. I completely agree with every point. The The fact is that, you know, he's now been in the system for an old, another year and, and he'll have more routes that he can run that, you know, he wasn't able to last year. This is something that, you know, was his knock going into the drafts, going into teams. That's why he was drafted 64th overall. So uh, I, I think wholeheartedly that he's going to have a pretty big year. Nice. Well, love having you on my side, Craig. But you picked another wide receiver for your breakout. I did. The other Ole Miss. Uh, <laughs> wide receiver and that's uh aj brown um i am like extremely high on him um i don't think that it's really with you know uh, clouded vision I, I really feel with what we saw last year and what he was able to produce with uh ryan Tannehill, um with you know only 12 weeks of working together a full season slate will really be a whole different story he finished last year as wide receiver 15 but weeks 10 through 17 he was wide receiver three and I think everyone, you know, kind of saw that kind of, you know, was was getting him into every lineup that they could. He was he was like almost 100 percent owned at the end of the year because of what he was putting up. Uh, but he will be able to do that through a full slate. This is not that was not a uh, one time glory season for A.J. Brown. When you really look at the two old Miss wide receivers, A.J. Brown really was the better wide receiver. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't give him the same hype they did DK Metcalf because, you know, he's a little smaller in the picture that we all looked at. Um, but he was the better polished route runner, uh, was able to do more things, um, you know, as far as different routes, you know, inside, outside. And, you know, he was able to, you know, go up and get it the same way that DK Metcalf, you know, could. Um, so you have to kind of look at the the perception about him, what what happened when he came from the 2019 draft 
and kind of throw that away now because when he was drafted, a lot of people, you know, kind of tossed him out because Mariota was his quarterback. Tennessee didn't really pass a lot. So, you know, A.J. Brown, you know, look, was looked at as a lesser wide receiver. Now with all the stats that he was able to put up last year, you know, he went, still went over 1,000 yards, still had eight touchdowns. But the most impressive stat that I saw from him was that he finished second last year in yards per reception. He had over 20 yards per reception. Now, obviously... Will he do that again, and will there be regression? I mean, he he will have regression. That That's what I'm trying to say. But it'll still be over 15 yards per reception. And if you have a, a pounding running back like Derrick Henry, you have a guy that can go deep like A.J. Brown. Like it's going to, They're both going to help each other um, because that safety position is really going to be looking at those two plays. If, you, if you're disguising your runs, your safety doesn't know whether or not he needs to cover the guy going deep or if he needs to cover the, the box. And that's realistically where I think A.J. Brown really comes into play too because he can cut it underneath or, uh, you know, slant across the field. He'll be able to uh, make the cornerback miss and make the, the safety second guess. Like this is this is the type of wide receiver that you look at for, for years uh, that's going to be in the top. I have him as wide receiver nine, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if we're, we're talking about a top five wide receiver at some point, you know, in the, in the near future, maybe not this year or the following um, or I would say in the following year, like this is, you know, with Ryan Tannehill with the whole year, this is the wide receiver that I'm I'm, I'm really hanging my hat on this year. Yeah, I mean Ryan Tannehill's fantastic, so uh, <laughs> you can't go wrong there. Uh, and Tom, you're the only one who didn't take a wide receiver as a breakout. So. Yeah, because screw wide receiver, but a sophomore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, another sophomore. Another sophomore. sophomore. Um, and it feels like a cop out to say that Miles Sanders is going to break out because he had such a good year last year. But just knowing that the first half of the season he was losing touches to, to Jordan Howard and then absolutely dominated the second half of the season just makes me believe that Miles Sanders... There, there's no world in which I don't think Miles Sanders is a top eight running back. Um, and yes, I think that in 2021 we're talking about him being a top three pick. Uh, maybe top three is a little bullish, but right up there. Uh, right now, I think I have him ranked six. I was looking at the stat line that I statted him out for, um, and I don't like it because I think it's too low. This is a guy <laughs> that I think is easily going to be getting 250 carries. He's going to get 100 targets. He, 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 he's got the ability to go and get 14 to 16 total touchdowns. I mean, the opportunity is there for Miles Sanders, and he's a pass-catching back. We know that, that uh, targets mean far more than carries do in fantasy football, especially, well, in standard league, I guess they mean nothing really. But um, at this point, half PPR is the... Uh, it's the standard, it's the standard right? Yeah. So if he, even even a half point, full point PPR, Miles Sanders is an absolute steal. He's being drafted. I, I have a bunch more stats, but you can go subscribe to the website to go and get those. I'm not going to drop them all out on the uh, podcast. Um, but I, I'll give you a little nugget. I'll give you a little nugget that I thought was that was interesting. So he ran 262 passing routes last year, which was 72% of his passing plays. So that meant that every time Philly went to go pass the ball, 72% of the time, Miles Sanders is running a route. So the other 28% of the time, Miles Sanders is in blocking. So he's running routes. He's a catchable, you know, he's a wide receiver, a receiving option for Carson Wentz, who doesn't have a lot of passing options in 2020 with uh, Alshon already hurt. 
Yeah, you have Rager. We all think Rager's going to have a great year, but that for, Rager's first year in the in the in the uh, offense. Who knows what's going to happen? So Carson Wentz's only stability year over year right now is Ertz, Goddard, and Sanders because and, Deshaun only played one game. And to go along with that twenty eight percent, I bet you a good chunk of that's RPOs that they ran. And he doesn't technically run a route, but he kind of is because it's part of the RPO. It just happened to be a you know quick slant. Right, yes. Yeah, I actually so. don't have what the RPO split is, and I don't even know if that's called a, a yeah. runner or pass play, to I'll, be yeah. honest. <laughs> I, I know, don't right? know how that, that plays so, out. That's a, it's it's a good point. But you want to take uh, your second sleep, uh, breakout as well and then send it over to Scotty? Yeah, so Scotty, I'll, I'll, I guess I can lead into... Yeah, into, it's fine. Into, uh, Scotty and I both picked Kenny Drake. I feel like we're going to end up saying the same exact point, so I'm just going to... I'm just. We can I go just, back and forth real quick, too. Okay, all right. So... Kenyon Drake, unfortunately, you know, he, he was coached by Adam Geese, okay? For, it was his fourth year in the league? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, for two two years, he was coached under Adam Geese. Last year, I don't know what Flores was doing, but he wasn't using Drake at the beginning half of the season. Tank for Tua. Tank for Tua. And they traded Drake to the Cardinals after um, they said enough with, with David Johnson and Chase Edmonds got hurt. So Drake got traded on the bye week that the Cardinals had going into the San Francisco game. And this this is this is just where I, I think that Kenyon Drake is absolutely running running away with this backfield. The very first offensive snap Kenyon Drake had with the Cardinals against a division rival and a good defense in San Francisco, he ripped off a 36-yard run. Like, that, to me, that shows a tremendous amount of trust to give the guy the ball your very first offensive snap with less than a week of time training with the team. Uh, I, I think that just speaks volumes to what Kingsbury thought of Drake in in, in that quickly. Um Edmonds wasn't out for for an extended period of time. I mean, he was out for two, three games with a hamstring. Um, and at at, at the at that time, it, it's almost unheard of that a team who's got David Johnson and, and yes, he wasn't performing well. Chase Edmonds, who kind of you know he he was dinged up a little bit, but to go and trade for another guy and bring him in mid season is almost unheard of. And to let that running back run away with him, I mean, you see it happen with offensive linemen sometimes, wide receivers. Running back position, it happens very, very rarely. And then to give him the ball for the rest of the season. I mean, he didn't have less than 10 carries um, for the rest of the season. He didn't have less than 10 carries as a Cardinal. I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, the, the Kingsbury clearly thinks that Kenny Drake is the guy uh, to take the ball and move forward with it. I have him right now ranked at, as an RB10. And I know you have a couple other things, so Scotty... Feel free to jump on in. We can we can crush over Kenyon Drake for you know another minute or so. Yeah, I mean but. what what you just said. I I just went six to midnight, so I'll keep it you know kind of softer. But again, week one, nineteen total touches in this first week ever with a new team. Nineteen total touches. That's insane. Over a hundred yards and a touchdown. With Miami beginning of the season he averaged 8.8 fantasy points per game and he was a healthy scratch twice the whole tanking thing they used Bellage, who was the worst rb in the entire world goes to the cardinals and in in his eight games with the cardinals he averaged 19.9 fantasy points per game which is good enough for an rb2 on a per game basis and 
fantasy. That that's right with Derrick Henry, Dovin Cook, Aaron Jones, those guys. I'm not going to say he, he's going to do that every single week, but it's a great sign that he is being used any situation that he can succeed in that way. And that's why I think he can, I think I have him ranked 10 or 11 right now, but he can easily do what Aaron Jones did last year. I had Aaron Jones around the same spot last year. Aaron Jones finishes running back two. He can finish in, in the top five with, you know, the likes of Zeke and them. Um, I was watching plays t- today. They ran the option with him a few times Yep. in the, at the five yard line, I'm like, yeah. In his second week with the team, they ran the option with Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake. That shows so much trust in a brand new running back that if they're going to do that too, and he's in the passing game, um, Tom, I'll let you take the receptions that or the targets he got because I don't have that number, but I know for a new guy in an offense, he had decent amount of targets like four per game on average yeah so he had 33 total targets which came out to about four targets a game 85 percent catch rate so he's he caught he had 28 catches on 33 targets i mean in an offense that wants to pass the ball to pass the ball on average four times to a guy like this and and truly this number is much lower because there was one game where he only had one target so i mean he was, he was, I wanted to basically say he didn't have less than four targets a game, but we had one game and I kind of skewed it. But on average, he's getting four targets. It, it, you take that and extrapolate over a 16 game season, that's already a be- better pass catching back than some of your third down primary pass catching backs. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't see the world where Kenny Drake can't be an RB1. I mean, I know the Edmund site came out today that. Edmonds can be a starting running back. I mean, that's what the hype was. Edmonds can be a start. Sure, he can be. But he's not Drake. He's not Drake. And I have him as a top-tier handcuff as of right now. Love the guy, but I I just think Drake's the guy. And it it showed it last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I got a little bit of a man crush on Kenny Drake, I guess. I hope you agree. We picked the same guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I said I I got a little bit of a man crush on him because I could sit here and talk. I know exactly what play you're talking about when they ran the option. I mean, it was very clear that Kyler was just like, okay, yeah, I can trust the guy that's running alongside me as this linebacker runs me. I can flip it to to run a non-NFL play. (laughs) (laughs) It's just crazy. And and factor in the fact they added DeAndre Hopkins, which is only going to open up you know the 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 uh, field for Drake. We've spent quite a long time drooling yeah, over but getting Drake. <laughs> luckily, it was us to pick the same player. So you know, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dallas right. picked another sophomore. Yeah, another sophomore, another running back. Um, Devin Singletary, Buffalo running back, finished last year, twenty nineteen, as running back thirty one. Uh, kind of a little bit lower than you know I thought. I think maybe we maybe we all hyped him up a little bit more than we needed to last year, but. I mean, talented running back, very, very talented, and that's why I've chosen him as my breakout. I think maybe his finish last year, maybe the introduction of Zach Moss has him buried on a lot of people's draft sheets, and he's not really going particularly early. He's actually right now running back 24 with a 59 ADP overall, so that's low for a a starting running back. Um, Again, that's a lot of people's draft sheets. It's not mine. Singletary, for me, now has no looming Frank Gore threat. He has complete control of the Buffalo backfield. 
again, not a knock on Zach Moss at all. I think he's talented. I think he will get some goal line looks and probably some some third down work as well. I think he's going to be used. I just don't think it's going to even be as much as Frank Gore, which was not much to begin with. So I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility or even the realm of reality for Singletary to get closer to the 200 carry, maybe 100 target usage. Uh, and if he hits those thresholds for touches, he should have no problem going to like 1,250 yards for the season minimum. And then the really hard part to predict is touchdowns. He only touched the end zone twice last year. That's not enough to be viable in fantasy. You'd need to hit that five to seven range. And I don't see any reason he can't do it with an increased workload, uh, a lack of a vulture like Frank Gore. The guy who's still there as a vulture that's problematic is Josh Allen. He's problematic for every running back in that system. But if he's the guy in Buffalo, I can't imagine the coaches signing off on him touching the ball that many times again near the goal line. I actually was having a conversation uh, earlier today with somebody else, and he said, well, yeah, he might get that goal line work again. He's he's a big guy. He didn't say big guy. He said he's a big MFer. And uh, <laughs> I said, yeah, well, so is Cam Newton. Remember? So we looked up their sizes, and Cam Newton's bigger than Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, these guys wear down if you use them like that, no matter who they are, no matter how good they are, no matter how powerful and how many linebackers they can run over. It's not it's just not sustainable. So if you can give it to Singletary, even if you give it to Zach Moss, it helps the running back situation. And I think Singletary is the guy that you should be giving it to. Because again, last year, he only played 12 games, 151 carries, 775 yards, and two touchdowns. No reason he can't highly increase those numbers and be, I don't want to say easily RB1 territory, but I don't think it's out of the question at all. Craiger, you want to take your next one? Yeah, so I went another wide receiver because pretty much looking at everyone's running backs, I didn't want to go ahead and give false information. I, I don't believe in many others. This year it's a top-heavy running back group, so that's why I went with another wide receiver. Um, and this one, I don't think uh, a lot of – I think a lot of you might question why I would say he's a breakout now as he's kind of slowly been breaking out, uh, finishing wide receiver two the last two seasons, and that's Tyler Boyd. Um, after even reviewing more uh, to do this uh, breakout article, I, I'm going to be moving him up in my rankings because I have him way too low for what I believe he should be. Um, you know, each of the last two seasons, like I said, he finished wide receiver two. However, there's a big difference in what happened last year and then what happened in 2018. Now, AJ Green was out. That's, you know, uh, uh, obvious. You know, we don't have to continue to, to harp on that. But. In 2019, he had 148 targets. So, again, skewed because Green was out. But he had 60% uh, catch rate. So, it was not really that great compared to what it was the year before, which was a 70% catch rate, and there was 108 targets. Now, the difference uh, also is Zach Taylor came in. And Zach Taylor is the type of offensive coordinator that likes to utilize multiple wide receivers or really lean on one and kind of confuse the defense on, um, you know, what, what, what wide receiver am I actually going to go to? So after finishing wide receiver two, I feel like he can actually get himself into a wide receiver one category now. And this is because if he can actually capitalize with a better quarterback in Joe Burrow on that catch rate from 60% back to 70%, like it was the year before, on the same 148 targets, you're looking at a guy that's going to be able to get wide receiver one numbers. You know, he he will basically bounce up from his wide receiver, you know, if it was 14 finish. 
Um, and I really think at this point now, it's really Tyler Boyd's show. AJ Green, you know, having this other injury that came up this past week just really goes to show that he's just not going to be on the field. I don't, I don't see a world now anymore that AJ Green is going to be taking into uh, Tyler Boyd's work. And I also can see that they were able to bring in a guy like T. Higgins to help take away uh, some of the threats, double coverage, you know, other things that, you know, Tyler Boyd had to work through last year because he was really the only receiver. I mean, they had John Ross, which is great, but he really only did one thing, bringing the safety back, which was also kind of tough for Tyler Boyd to get more uh, downfield work because he had 11 yards per reception, which isn't really that great from a receiver that's really more of an outside guy. He's not an inside guy, and he'll be able to go, um, you know, a little bit more downfield now that they have another threat on the other side. Yeah, and huge. You don't have Andy Dalton anymore, right? You have Joe Burrow, a guy who can push the ball down the field. So it gives Tyler Boyd and, and Zach Taylor the opportunity to run things you couldn't when the right, red rifle and, was under center. And that's the point. So, so the number to take away is 148 targets and 60% catch rate. If you get that same number of targets or even take away 18, whatever. The offense is obviously going to be better than last year. That's completely obvious. So if 148 targets already went to him and the offense is only going to get better and there's going to be more offensive snaps, that number's going to be around the same with a better passing quarterback. So the catch rate has to go up, turning into more fantasy points after his mid-wide receiver two finish last year. Right. He had a mid-wide receiver two finish, and his ADP is still wide receiver 31. I was going to say Which is... So that's, if he finishes as a wide receiver two, Craig, I think as a breakout, that's a hit. That, that's a hit. And you're saying he finishes wide receiver one, which is totally doable. The 31 at ADP is absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. So so that was the thing too. Like, so I could have used him as a sleeper, and that was kind of really where I was trying to kind of, you know, the whole wide receiver two. You know, he was already breaking out. Whatever. It, it, it is also this is a confident you know, instilling confidence in the fact that he's not going to regress, yep. which the entire fantasy world thinks that he's going to. And I think again, it, it bears mentioning top shelf fantasy. We're here to give you real guys that are real breakouts, real sleepers, not the cookie cutter. I'm not going to tell you that Michael Thomas is going to break out. That's, that's a waste of your time. It's a waste Miles of your time. Miles Sanders is going to break out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, hey, seriously. he's breaking into the top three. Right. That's, exactly. that's, that's, that's where he's breaking CJ into Tukai. for me. Right. CJ, CJ Tukai. It's a, it's a bold take that's also very, very feasible based on the things that we're outlining for you here. You say Miles Sanders is a breakout. Fantastic. Now I know I can draft him top five instead of top ten. That, that's that's right. a big step in running backs. Right. That's so, a step. Yeah, and and like Craig said, Tyler Boyd, if he goes, if he finishes the season mid tier wide receiver one, or even mid tier wide receiver two, he's still broken out from his ADP. Oh. Never mind his year over year finishes. Thousand percent. Um, sleepers. Now we get to the sleepers. Now we get to the sleepers. Now we get to the sleepers. All right, um, guys. Now we get to the sleepers. We get to the sleepers. <laughs> Jinx. You me, Brewski. Scotty. I'll take my first one. My you first take, one you, is yeah, take, the, take it at the top. Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is more of a fact that I don't believe too much in Juju. Um, I think they're more of a similar player where I think they can both finish around the same spot, but he hasn't had a season with Big Ben, so this is why he was more of a sleeper than a breakout kind of thing. Um, his his ADP is wide receiver 43-ish, I believe, around there. I'm sure it's going to go up and down the next three weeks but i seem that he could finish as a 
late wide receiver three as an everyday flex play, which as of right now, he might be going undrafted in a lot of leagues. I'm not sure. Craig Dow's Tom, you had a draft last weekend. Was Deontay Johnson... He was drafted. Yeah, but we're in a deep... I can't, I can't deep, remember, I can't right. remember but where he was yeah. drafted. It was probably it was. late. I mean, it's a keeper league, too, so he, he might have been... 15, 16, though, it was, it was late. Regardless, as a rookie, he led the team in targets, receptions, and touchdowns, and he came into second in yards behind James Washington. I know Juju was banged up a little bit last year, and actually Deontay Johnson, in his own right, was banged up a little bit last year. He did this behind Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. Probably the worst duo quarterbacks I have ever seen in a long time. Where'd he go? Round nine. Middle of round nine. See, I wouldn't take him there. I'm thinking of taking this guy in the teen rounds or or the double-digit rounds where I can get this guy as a fourth or fifth wide receiver a bench spot and I'm hoping that he can produce for me in the long run. Um, I just think he... I've seen film for him the last couple of weeks because I've been very high on him. His route running is great. It's, it's a little raw, but with a second season and a good quarterback in Big Ben, his his after the catch is insane. He knows how to run the field and, and elude the defense. I, I know Juju is a guy that he's probably going to finish higher than him, but I think they're going to be closer than people think. Um, yeah, I mean, I know we're kind yeah. of stressed with time, but um, that's kind of the biggest I, I reason it. why I have Johnson as my sleeper. I love it. Yeah, um, moving Carter. on to my, my first sleeper. I think I'm the only one who took a quarterback. Um, and it's because, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to do it, but I took a tight end and a quarterback. <laughs> but so my guy's Joe Barrow. Right now, he's a quarterback ADP of 15, which means he's mostly not going drafted unless you're in a two quarterback format. And to me, that's an absolute steal to draft in the very, very last round of your draft. If you can leave, if you can leave the first 14, 15, 16 rounds to position players, skill players, and draft borrow in the dead last round because he's sitting out there, why not? You've got A.J. Green. I know he's got his injury concerns, but we just talked about Tyler Boyd, who we think is going to have a good breakout, fantastic year. You've got T. Higgins. We've got John Ross if he comes back from COVID. You've got you know uh, Joe Mixon there to you know take a, take a little bit of pressure off of him. Also... You've got an offensive line that might actually be able to protect a quarterback for a nice change of pace in, uh, in Cincy. So I don't really see a lot of downside to the Burrow pick, especially if you pick him up either in the very last round or you wait until after that and you just pick him up off of free agency. Maybe you draft 16, 17, whatever, your, whatever amount of uh, rounds your draft has, all position players, all skill players, and then the day before week one game start, you drop a guy, you pick up Joe Burrow for absolutely nothing. Maybe there's an injury and you just drop your injured guy fantastic you got a quarterback that can that can and will play every week he has nobody that's looming behind him to take his job he's going to play 16 games this year as long as he doesn't get hurt and he's got the weapons to be successful why not take him we did we did we did, we did. did. as a league we did high upside pick right there yeah that's exactly it and that's what a, like the sleeper is to me right it's a guy who's either going undrafted or super late that has the ability to be and i have Joe Burrow as my Quarterback 12, so the very Crazy back end person. of QB1. Crazy person. 35 <laughs> touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Smoking smoke his cigar. If it doesn't happen, Corey's eating uh, the other half of the California Reaper. <laughs> the stem end. <laughs> All right, Craig. So um, mine's going to be the same as our early sleeper. 
I don't want to change on it because I want to hang my hat on it. He has moved up uh, two full rounds, um, you know, in, in the past month. And as far as ADP, he's he's looking at uh, right around the end of round eight, uh, beginning of round nine, and that that's just his average. They, they still show his low. Uh, average draft uh, position to be somewhere in you know around 10 11 so there are people that are still sleeping on him so I just need to put it out there so Darius Slayton uh, of the New York Giants you know comes in you know about half the season last year uh, and really started putting on a show Daniel Jones was able to get it stretched to him that's something that I think that was also a knock on Daniel Jones and could have been a knock on Slayton and his type of uh, wide receiver uh, you know to play on that team and play with that quarterback um, however, he had 15 yards per reception, which is nothing to sneeze at. Um, you know, he, he really is going to be able to get many more targets with, you know, had 83 last year. So I would say he's going to get somewhere around that 100 yard, I mean, 100 uh, target year. Uh, Golden Tate is there. He'll be, you know, a, he'll play a full full slate um, and they'll kind of really work together. Um, I think, you know, Shepard's still there too. They'll, they'll be able to have uh, this, the work down low. And this is just the one type of uh, receiver for the Giants that can go over the top. There's really not much else. I mean, Evan Ingram could, but he's going to be doing it in the middle of the field. Um, they may play him outside sometimes, but really the, the, the main wide receiver that's going to be playing the X position is going to be Darius Layton. I uh, had eight touchdowns on 48 receptions. So that's, you know, top 10 in the league for touchdowns to reception ratio. Uh, and that that's also something that, that I really look f- to see, you know, being the same. Um, you know, we have a, a guy that's going to be getting it in the red zone more often than any of the other guys. So I'm I'm expecting some somewhere in the wide receiver two, wide receiver three range for a guy that's going to be drafted after most starters are drafted in their in their leagues. Scrambled egg Shepherd. <laughs> yeah, Tell he's you, really he's, a non-factor. He's make, well, he'll miss games. So Slayton's just gonna look uh, like a beauty. He's gonna be a steal. I can't believe I like he, Slayton. We love Slayton towards the end of the year. Last finished year at thirty four right. last year, and he played half the season. <laughs> like that, that is, and his that, ADP is fifty five right now. What? Yeah. Was, so with eight touchdowns on forty eight catches on forty eight catches. That's like marquee. That, that's oh, Hollywood. And, and and he's not. <laughs> he had some plays, but like he looked like he's not getting hurt like hmm. Hollywood gets hurt. I don't want to say he's very Will Fuller like. Because of the, the touchdown to you know reception ratio, but like even body style and athleticism, they're very similar and they do a lot of the same things. But Slayton doesn't get hurt, so so that's a good thing. Knock on wood. So there's <laughs> no scrambled eggs up there. That's positive fantasy football. Yeah, um, I love it, Greg. That's a, good, that's a great pick. Yeah, that, so this, this is apparently a theme with this segment. Uh, <laughs> just somebody else, you know, steals my idea, uh, and and uh, you know they take my guy. Uh, we, we've talked about Matt Breida before. I think he might've been my early sleeper. Uh, I spelled his name wrong. Of course I did. I can't spell anything. <laughs> you love a man. Um, uh, but Dow's, Dow's and I both picked Matt Breida and then I think he, he, uh, is seated. Yes. I, 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 I seated him to you. He's yours. I changed mine. I grabbed another Miami guy. We'll be all right. Yeah. So we'll go over it, but it, it's just, again, one of those things that, we have multiple people in this room, and I mean, there's, there's four of us, so like 50%, you know, we're <laughs> geniuses. Um, think that Matt Breida is, is going to be outperforming his, his draft position. I think he's caught a ton of steam lately, but to Craig's point, I made him my early sleeper when we did this like two months ago, uh, so I'm sticking to it. Um, 
you see what Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders did last year. Miles Sanders was still productive. So to assume that Matt Breed is not going to be productive with Jordan Howard on the field in Miami, I think is a bit of an illusion. Um, my biggest thing with Matt Breida, and, and one of my favorite things is, I think it was 2018, it was either 2017 or 2018, the dude would not come off the field. He was hobbling around with an ankle injury, he like broke his wrist, like he had all of these injuries, and you couldn't take him off the field. And the best thing for a running back, opportunity, catching touchdowns that's all great but you got to be healthy availability as a running back is the most important thing to a team i just smacked my mic uh it is the most important thing to a team with what took my hand (laughs) it was was, uh, six to midnight is how you doing you know and i i'm gonna be how you doing with matt brita all season long i love it i i think matt brita is is truly a running back that can hit rb2 territory i don't know what his adp is off the top of my head 31 31 and Jordan Howard's 32 yeah, just, in, in half PPR scoring, which is like, I mean, he's like right there again that if he goes and outperforms that by 10 spots, fantastic. That's a huge steal. What do you, what do you got Brita ranked at? Me. I know, I know you and I are very high on him. Me I'm personally, trying, 23. Yeah. All right. What, what do I, I got Brita at 24. Yeah. And I think we have Howard and Brita flip flop. You and me. Nailed it. <laughs> we crushed it. So smart. What All else right. is new? They haven't played yet, guys. <laughs> no, they're gonna. It's gonna have. If they don't play this year, like our stats you, you are. You still truth, win, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> Completely agree. We all lose. No, that's what happens. No, we seriously. all lose. We have to watch ping pong for two thousand. All right, Scotty. Yeah. Why my, don't you take your last sleeper? My we'll, last sleeper we'll is real quick. Tevin Coleman, running back of the 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 Forty Niners, the Forty Nineties. Speaking of Matt Breida. He was a factor in the offense last year. He is now gone. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how, how many carries he had. 123 carries. Right. They all had and like relatively 40 the, targets. the same. Okay. So he's now gone. I know he wasn't used a lot in by the end of the season because of the big Mostert push, but still, he's a guy that's gone. So now it's only Coleman, Mostert. There's Jeff Wilson there, McKinnon. Not worried about those guys at all. Tevin Coleman, I was not going to make him my sleeper by any means because he's always a guy that I'll draft, you know, as a safe flex play each year. But I saw his ADP is going as running back forty-four, and I think we're all we'll all be appalled at because we all have him ranked at least thirty-one, like the highest. He's a guy that, besides his rookie season, two thousand sixteen RB eighteen, two thousand seventeen RB. 22 2018 rb19 or rb18 last year he has he was hurt so rb32 so his worst thing he can do this year is finish like he did last year rb32 he's being drafted as the rb44 he's going to be back in that role most are the guy and i i completely agree with that tevin coleman's better in the role being a backup of the starting running back look at Devonte freeman and him it, in the past, Coleman did his best work when he was the change of pace guy, the big play guy. When Freeman went down that one year, Coleman was the lead back. He couldn't do it. He, he doesn't have the body to stand a third down back. He's a better option to, for the change of pace, third down role. And I think with Mostert being the guy there, Coleman's going to fit into that role and become another flex play once again could possibly finish as a high RB2, but I think it's more of a flex play than anything. 
end of the day, he's better than his ADP as RB44. Yeah. That, that screams people making mistakes, in my opinion. Like, RB44. I thought, I didn't know it was going to be that That's high. a bench player. Oh, RB44 says to me that people are scared of the injuries that you... Well, his injury history, but you just debunked that year by year. It finishes 11, 18, 19, then 32 even when he was hurt. Cool, yeah, 44 is a joke. 44, yeah. yeah. RB44 is almost undraftable. I didn't know it was that long. <laughs> There's some leagues that RB44 is not drafted. Well, I mean, like we drafted 65 in the dogs, 12 I mean, rounds. 40, 44, you're drafting other teams' backups. Yeah. Before Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman's easily. All right, he's so an RB two or you know one A one B. The, the Coleman thing. Moving on, Miami yeah, wide going, receiver. Going down to uh, Miami. Miami wide receiver Preston Williams. This is like I, I almost felt like it was kind of a cop out, but I really think that people are forgetting that his low finish overall in 2019 was because he got hurt early in the season, and his ADP has dropped to 55. While Devontae Parker, who's the darling breakout from the the Dolphins from 2019, is being drafted as wide receiver 24. So almost twice as far back in the draft, you can get Preston Williams, who was actually the guy to have before he got hurt. Um, that is, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know Devontae Parker had a fantastic year. He was stayed healthy. He didn't get hurt. He, he played well. He looked good. Preston Williams was kind of the opposite of that. He did get hurt, but he's coming back. He's healthy. You're assuming that he plays 16 games. And when he comes back, the defenses have to pay attention to Devontae Parker, not Preston Williams. They have to pay attention to Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, Ryan Fitzpatrick slash Tua, whatever, whoever's going to be you know playing quarterback there. I think you're going to see Williams with even more space and even less attention than last year where he was already thriving. So if you can get him, even, even if you quote-unquote reach on him based on his current ADP around 55, you could have immense value if you drafted him as your flex wide receiver at overall wide receiver 40. You know, there's no reason to think that he couldn't be a top-tier wide receiver three this year, finishing somewhere between, you know, wide receiver 27 and 32. You know, that's a, that's a huge return on value for a guy that really showed he can play the position last year and just got unfortunate and got hurt. Absolutely. We definitely drafted him in our uh, podcast league as well. We did, yeah. We did. I like Preston Williams a lot, and and I I love the I I I love that everybody's on Devonte Parker because it just leaves the door wide open for Preston Williams. Mm-hmm. Like he should not be a free agent. Yeah, and if you're taking Devonte Parker, chances are you're reaching on him because you yeah. wanted to get him on your team. Right. Great. I'll let you be the one that reaches on Devonte. I'll take Preston Williams late, and we're gonna probably be very very close at the end of the year with uh, final finishes. I'm all smiles. Craig, your second sleeper. That is Paris Campbell. So I went with a more, you know, I guess an earlier sleeper because he went round eight-ish in Darius Slayton, but Paris Campbell's going round 13 or undrafted. And this is a deep one, and this one I feel good about. Um, not that I didn't feel good about the other one, but this guy is a track star. But this guy ran a 4-3 at the Combine, and he's he also finished in top five with uh, vertical jump and broad jump. Those are those are athlete metrics, and that's exactly what this type of wide receiver is. He has decent hands. It's not like he's he's terrible, and he didn't really play much last year due to a, a few injuries. You know, a fractured hand, fractured foot. You know, bone issues are are sometimes not something that continues to repeat itself. And I feel like a lot of people are down on the guy because of. Uh, those injuries 
But there's really nothing there, I feel, that you need to say it's going to be an injury-prone type of guy. He was talked up, you know, being drafted early, or, or not early, but earlier than he is this year, last year. And a lot of people thought that he would be able to come onto the scene. This is the year now. Now with his ADP further down and having some issues with T.Y. Hilton already this season for what seems to be like the third year in a row with his hamstring, uh, Paris Campbell could really kind of slide right into his role if he needs to. Um, even with the times he did play last year, there was a total of eight games, I believe, that he played. Um, sorry, seven games that he played last year. Paris Campbell was, uh, you know, all in the slot. So he can run in the slot, run outside of T.Y. Hilton is hurt. And I really feel that this guy, you know, really will put something together. Um, you know, even with Phillip Rivers, a better quarterback than what he had last year. And, you know, I, I'm not really scared of Michael Pittman. You know, I, a lot of people might also put that into why his ADP is lower. And, you know, he's a totally different mold. You know, that Michael Pittman's like, what, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, something like he's that. A, he's a big boy. Paris Campbell's not. And, and he's, he's going to be screaming down the field, extremely athletic. He's going to be going on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what it is. He'll really be scaring the, the defenders ball. away. <laughs> just just yeah, screaming in their face. I'm open. I'm open. So with, with with a few different pieces of news early, uh, you know, with T.Y. Hilton and you know Campbell also being talked about more in the slot this season than he even was last year, which was, you know, just nearly forty percent of his uh, play. Uh, I really I really expect some big things for him this year. Um, you know, not in that wide receiver two category, anything like that. But you know, he's being drafted late, and you'll be able to slide him into your flex uh, at some points. And you know, heaven forbid, T.Y. Hilton goes down, he'll be a weekly starter. Yeah, yeah. In thirteenth round, I mean, it's great. I, I have one question for you though. How the hell are we related? <laughs> I took four running backs as my sleeper in breakout, and you took all wide receivers. Ah, stick to what you're good at. <laughs> You're gonna run that. Right. I'm gonna watch the because there will be no touche. It'd be so boring for a listener. <laughs> yeah, here's a sleeper. Draft all RBs. Don't trust any wide receivers. <laughs> you gotta have that. Well, you got the the Penny family and the Yin and the Yang. You know, you gotta balance each other out. I just gotta give them a hard time. I mean, that's really <laughs> yeah, what it all comes down to. Well, speaking but, of a running back, who's your next guy? Eh, or wide receiver? We don't know. Uh, yeah, so my next sleeper is Antonio Gibson. Um, and he's, I mean, after, you know, Darius guys decided to um, uh, be a douchebag, uh, you know, Gibson's been rising up everybody's boards. He's been talked about um, quite often. Uh, and I hate doing this because it's really hard to make a, a, a Christian McCaffrey comparison. But if there was ever a time to do it, it's with a player like Antonio Gibson who is, is known to be able to play all over the entire field on offense, and with Christian McCaffrey's old head coach in Ron Rivera. Like, if there was ever a time for a player like Antonio Gibson to truly make an impact on the field, it's in the same exact situation that Christian McCaffrey was in last year, or when he came into the league, backing up the 38-year-old Jonathan Stewart. There's so many comparisons here. I'm not saying that Gibson's going to be... Christian McCaffrey. But I don't think that Gibson should be drafted in the double-digit rounds. I think he should be going in, like, round eight or nine. He went super early in the draft that we just did in our 12-team league. Um, But I think that he is going to end up returning flex play value to you. You can get him likely later. Um, 
Yeah, and this this Washington offense honestly lacks playmakers. Like outside of Terry, there there's 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 not many playmakers. <laughs> Jeremy AP. Sprinkle. Hey, it's getting exciting. Well, I mean, APA, but how old is he? Thirty eight. I was trying to. I I guess I have the internet. I could look it up, but uh, no. Let's all guess. Thirty nine. Um, did did you pull up the information about you know the comparison between Antonio Gibson to Christian McCaffrey because his own head coach Ron Rivera said that? No, I didn't. You didn't know that? Yeah, no. no Ron Rivera said that. I didn't know. Ron that. Rivera also said that. Well, that's a positive. No, that's I don't want to make the comparison. No, I'll let Ron Rivera do it. But that's but that's what oh. I thought you were going with that. No, I didn't. I actually didn't even know that Ron Rivera said McCaffrey that. his rookie year. Hit and miss RB fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a role where Gibson could take that role. I'm not I'm not pegging him as an RB15. No. I will I will like but do not you're reach saying on him he, as RB15. Yeah, he he's not a double digit undrafted guy. Right. I think eighth ninth round makes sense. Did we find out how old AP was? He's 35. Oh, which he's is ageless. 43 for a quarterback. For <laughs> <laughs> ages. Uh, and Antonio Gibson went in the eighth round of our draft we just did, but that was Mango, and he told that us that was he also panicked. early. Yeah, yeah. yeah very well, he early. he was sitting right next to me. He was like, "Oh, I thought I saw you circle Gibson on your too. sheet, so I took him." And I was like, "Actually, we got so you get for cheap." That's, that's, that's <laughs> shit. I'm, I'm totally doing that next year, sitting next to someone and just start circling a play that I don't want. I was like, "Perfect." Is that Gio Bernard? Oh, damn it! I gotta get him now. <laughs> Kalen Blush. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that's breakouts and sleepers. We got bounce backs, dart throws, and bus coming up next. Um, all right. I think this is a good podcast. Uh, reminder: sign up, topshelffantasy.com, subscribe, enter a, a, a free entry into the listener league. Chance for a free entry. We're, we're we're filling up, so we're making decisions quickly. Um, you can win a Kenny Galladay signed jersey plus some other sweet TSF swag. Swag. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Top Shelf FNTSY. That that is podcast daily. Top Shelf Fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.